Guys, if you're a fan of hockey or you simply just want to learn more about the sport, today is the day. I had the chance to meet up with our hockey expert, C.C. Hockley, at the Five Mile Church of the Nazarene in Boise, Idaho. He breaks down the comparisons between football and hockey, the speed of the game. He'll talk about the ECHL versus the NHL. We'll talk Idaho Steelheads. We're going to discuss the NHL expansion draft with the Las Vegas Golden Knights. He's going to spit so much information at you that you're going to feel like the expert by the end of the show. You're going to want to strap in for this one and get your popcorn ready today on the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time going on everybody i'm the game time guru shane larson i appreciate you guys tuning in uh before we get started i just want you guys to remember go to itunes stitcher google play youtube or my website thegametimeguru.com and find me there uh subscribe to my podcast please leave me a couple of reviews if you can um you can even find me on instagram uh the instagram tag name though is going to be at game time guru not the game time guru so go find me on instagram at game time guru so that you can see the behind the scenes footage Today I'm joined by a really good friend of mine, CeCe Hockley. We're going to do a little bit of hockey talk. And first, before we get started, I want you guys to know who he is. So CeCe, can you give you your introduction, let people know who you are? Who is CeCe Hockley? Well, Shane, first off, thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. I'm a passionate sports fan, so to be able to talk with you about it is is an honor and a privilege. So thanks again for having me on the show. No problem. So CeCe Hockley, uh, my nickname one of my nicknames is Hockey Hockley because nice. hockey is one of the primary sports that I follow. It's one of the primary passions that I have in the sporting world. And so okay. I think that's a good it's a good foundation to, to start off with who, who CC Hockley is. Awesome. And uh CC, what got you into sports? Like is there anything in particular that like drug you into the sports world like all the rest of us sports fanatics? Yeah. So when I was about five or six years old um, my dad started taking me to Colorado College hockey games when okay. I lived in Colorado Springs. Um, more on that uh, a little bit later. But cool. um, just to kind of talk about some of my favorite teams and how I, you know, how I acquired, you know, the just how I how they became my favorite teams. So, you know, I grew up in Colorado Springs, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. So naturally, being in the state of Colorado, I became a Denver Broncos fan. Gross. Um, <laughs> I know. I know you're a Cowboys <laughs> fan. I know. But, you know, I, I was a homer. So, I mean, I grew up in it. It was the it was the culture. So Fair enough. Yeah. And I also lived in Utah. So um, there was a, a few years when I lived in Utah. I actually lived in Utah when John Stockton broke the Steels record Ooh, okay. in the 90s. So, so naturally, I became a Utah Jazz fan. Jazz baby. Yes, jazz nation. There you go. And so living in Colorado also. Um, I lived in I lived there in 95 96 when the Quebec Nordiques moved from Canada to Denver Colorado to become the Colorado Avalanche I, I right. lived I lived in Colorado when that happened so so that's kind of the foundational um, sports landscape that I had when I was a when I was a child and shaped who I am today and my love for sports awesome my man okay so like we said we're doing a little bit of hockey talk today we're gonna talk about hockey like you said you that's that's your that's your gig right there. Um, why hockey? Why? What drove you to hockey? Like, it's not a very popular sport around here. Um, I mean, I should say in the in the U.S. specifically. What 
drives you like what what drives you to hockey well like i mentioned previously my dad started taking me when i was you know really young five or six years old yeah so going to the colorado college game you know one of my first memories was uh, my dad um, talking to the referee uh, through the glass through a little little hole in the glass where the photographers take their pictures oh sweet and uh they my dad Asked the referee, hey, can my son have one of the hockey pucks? Because they change them out every few minutes, keep them fresh. And the ref goes, sure. And so he hands him, a, hands him the hockey puck. It had a, had a gash in it that one of the players actually stepped on the puck with his, with his skate blade. And so it has a nice little gash in it, too. So it's, it's definitely game-worn <laughs> for nice. sure. Okay. And so I still have it in a little case today on, on display on my desk, you know. And it's, uh, you know, it's just from that point on, it was love at first sight. You know, I just the, – the pace of the game – and being in Colorado when the Avalanche were there, you know, pro hockey in the state of Colorado, you right. know, it was it was booming, you know, and I was caught up in the fervor, you know, it was just uh, yeah. it was an exciting time to be in Colorado and to be a sports fan. Denver was winning Super Bowls and, you know, and call and the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup in their first season there, you know, so that's awesome. That is awesome. So, I mean, yeah, you can't really can't really complain too much when when that's the when that's the start of your, you know childhood memories of sports no absolutely not and 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 that puck you're not going to sell that are you oh absolutely not no okay. no i mean that yeah that's 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 not that's not for sale okay, good, good. <laughs> not, all at right. all. So not at all so anybody who was thinking that they could take that no you're not getting that <laughs> cc's got it in his in his room it's it's there it's his he's never given it away you got it shane <laughs> yes sir all right so you said you uh you grew up you know you were in colorado mm-hmm. uh, we got the denver broncos and the and avalanche have you ever been to a Broncos game before? Unfortunately, I have not. No. So with hockey and football kind of being my two major sports, uh-huh. you know, passions, I've never been to an NHL game, and I've never been to an NFL game. Okay. Been I've seen the Seattle Mariners, and I've seen uh, the Nuggets take on the Jazz at both the old McNichols Arena in Denver All and right. uh, formerly known as the Delta Center in Salt Lake City. Right. So, yeah, it was Nuggets versus Jazz. Okay. Bo- both games I went to. So... So that's kind of a, a sticking point with me. I think I need to remedy that sometime in my life. You know, go to Denver and see a, a Broncos game or, you know, go to go to Denver and see an Avalanche game. Right. But I've never, never seen an NHL game and I've never seen an NFL game. Oh, that's, that, no, that's interesting. That's cool. Um, but you did go to a lot of the college events, correct? That's correct. Yeah, Colorado College, they played out of the, the old Broadmoor Arena. Now they okay. have the, the, the World Arena, which they built shortly after the Broadmoor Arena was torn down in the mid-'90s. But I actually went to the last game in the Broadmoor, the old oh, Broadmoor sweet. Arena. So, again, it's like there's a historical perspective. You know, It's yeah. kind of tying yourself to the franchise and everything. And Colorado College, they were, they were a perennial contender for the championship in the NCAA during the mid-'90s. They would play Michigan and, you know, North Dakota and all the other collegiate powerhouses in the right. hockey world. So, you know, again, a good time to be a hockey fan for me living in the state of Colorado. Absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. Let's compare, like, can you give us an idea for, for people like myself who haven't been to a ton of hockey games um, or hockey events in our, in our lives? There's probably a lot of listeners out there that are similar to me. Let's let's do a comparison. Um, let's say college hockey, the flow of the game. How does it differ from like maybe college football, for that matter? Like, how does it how does it differ when you're there and you're watching the game? 
Well, college hockey is, you know, it, it's you're in an arena, so uh-huh. naturally you're going to have fewer bodies in there. Okay. You know, college football, you get the big house in Michigan. You've got 100,000 fans plus. You know, you've got right. the horseshoe, Ohio State. I guess I've got a big, big, Go ten, big 10 focus for some reason. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, these, these college football stadiums, I mean, it's, it's, it's tied to the community. You know, college football, it runs, it runs deep in the into the fabric of, of collegiate sports you know it's a it's a cash cow obviously but it also there's something about football in our nation that it's just it's starting to become our our new national pastime it's yes. eclipsing baseball which i mentioned in the article that you again were so kind to allow me to write for your for your site about hockey not really taking root in the united states as much as the other big four quote-unquote pro leagues right so but you know collegiate hockey back to that topic it's 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 just, you know, it can be it can have the same fervor, but it's you know it's not just the casual fan, you know, your casual eighteen to twenty two year old collegiate student that may be there cheering on their sports team. Now, granted, University of North Dakota, for example, uh-huh. you know, it's college hockey is life. You know, okay. that's that's their that's their bread and butter up there. Yeah. That is that is their sport of choice. So. You know, depending, I, I would say just depending on the college that you go to, it can be a sparsely attended affair okay. or at least a yeah. moderately, moderately good attendance figures for, you know, for the collegiate hockey games. You know, the speed is definitely slower than an NHL game, okay. you know, because you're dealing with collegiate kids and, and not professional athletes. But, you know, depending on the university, I'm going to point out Denver. I'm going to point out Michigan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to point out Michigan State. Um, and of course, University of North Dakota. You know, you get hockey clubs like that, and it's a big deal up there. You know, in the Midwest and yeah. the Upper Midwest. You know, it's it's basically when it comes to hockey, it's basically Southern Canada. You know, right. and it's <laughs> that's that's the kind of the fervor kind of you know bleeds down from the Canadian border into into yeah. those states. You know, you're talking North Dakota, Wisconsin, Michigan. You know, that's just yeah, it's 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 part of their life. It's part of their passion. So. so it's a cultural thing for sure. Essentially. I like that. Um, and I think that's the same for a lot of college sports, even college football for that matter. The speed of the game is a little bit different than the pro, the pro level as well. So it's, I mean, that's going to happen, but it's cool that uh, you've got to experience some of those events um, for college hockey. Oh, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of fans, like I said, like myself though, that, that don't necessarily have a lot of knowledge in the, in the hockey world. Um, and it's, it's kind of hard for me to get into the games. Like I'll watch the Stanley cup. Like I, I, I watched, I watched the Penguins, right? It's yeah. Penguins, right? Yeah, I sure. watched them win it. Sure. Um, just because I want, I like to watch the big events of any sport for that matter, including baseball. We were talking earlier about the World Series. Even I, we, we both caught the the Game Seven last year, just because mm-hmm. it's it's a historic event. So I do like to watch the big games, um, but I don't know enough about hockey, or I'm not interested enough. I guess I don't have that interest to watch it. I want you to tell us why why should we watch it? Why should the casual fan watch hockey? Well, I would say on a communal level, you know, here in the Treasure Valley, first and foremost, uh-huh. we have we have a semi-pro team in town, the Idaho Steelheads. Right. And on on a tier level, you know, the Dallas Stars are the NHL. Their club team, or if you want to use a baseball analogy, their AAA team is the Texas Stars. Their AA team is the Idaho Steelheads. So that's their farm system. Okay. You know, Texas Stars pull from the Steelheads. And oftentimes, Steelhead stars go up to to play in the NHL. You know, Jay Beagle, he's a Washington Capital, had a lot of years as a Steelhead. You know, uh, okay. he moved he moved up the ladder. So it's kind of like 
there's a communal, a community investment that we can have because we have the Steelheads right now and we have the Boise Hawks. So from October to April and sometimes further, if the Steelheads go deep in the playoffs, what do we have to do for sporting events? Granted, yes, we have Boise State football. Right. I understand that because that's a huge part of our communal fabric once again. However, the Steelheads have been around here for 20 years, right. which is really stinking rare for a tier two or a double A level hockey club. Right. You know, like I said in my article, normally six years on average is how long those clubs last, even in hockey rich markets. But the Steelheads, they've reached out to the community of Boise, they've reached out to the community of the Treasure Valley, and they want to be part of it. Even though the players are oftentimes the revolving door, like I said, getting called up, called down, same with the Hawks, they have roots in the community. So right. first off, I think even from a casual hockey fan's perspective, you can appreciate that. You can appreciate, hey, these guys care about Boise when they're here. And, right. and the hockey fans and you know the people that are housing these players sometimes, you know, they, they're just, they're very passionate and, and, and it shows it, it, it's reciprocal. You know, the fans are passionate to them and the players are passionate back to the fans in the community. And so (laughs) once again, back to the, back to the main point of, uh, of why we should be invested into it. You know, this is, this is one of two semi-pro sports teams in the treasure Valley right now. Right. It is a 5,000 seat arena at the CenturyLink arena where the Steelheads play. It's there's not a bad seat in the house, really. You can get a a seat for ten bucks up in the nosebleed section. You know, you can take the family, and and just to even be exposed to it on a casual level like that. You know, obviously going to a live game is a much different experience than watching it on TV. Right. I would encourage anyone living here to at least go to a Steelheads game at least once because the atmosphere is great, and like I said, the ties to the community are undeniable. And you're going to have a good time, whether you know what's going on or not. I say bring a hockey friend. You know, mm-hmm. if you got a friend who's into hockey, say, hey, Cece, come along with me. I need you to explain some things. You know, I took a friend there later in the season, um, actually first round of the playoffs. Okay. Um, the Steelheads were playing the Colorado Eagles in the first round, and he had no idea what was going on, but he was engaged. He had questions, and he loved it. It was a close game. Unfortunately, the Steelheads lost, but it was great. It was a good experience for him yeah. coming from Grants Pass, Oregon, and not really being exposed to that. You know, just give it a shot. This is what we have in our community. It's been around for 20 years. It's not a fleeting thing. It's not going anywhere. You know, just tie yourself into the fabric of the Treasure Valley sports scene. That's all I that's all I got to say. You know what? I can actually like touch touch on this a little bit because like I said, I, I'm not a huge hockey fan, but I'm a huge basketball fan, a huge football fan, but I will say this, the the games I have been to for the Idaho Steelheads were actually a lot more exciting and the atmosphere was so much better there than when we had the Idaho Stampede for basketball, right? And gotcha. we no longer have the Stampede. Um, there's a reason for that. There just wasn't the the community involvement. Nobody went to the games. And uh, a lot of people go to the Steelheads games. Well, I, they get the attendance and they get the, the, the fans behind them and the communities behind them, like you said. So I actually do agree with you on that point. And they're actually really exciting. Although I don't watch it all the time, I don't follow the NHL too much, I will say that the Steelheads sporting events, the hockey events are, are a blast. So, yeah, I will uh, second that. If you live in the Treasure Valley or anywhere for that matter that has any kind of hockey team, go and watch it and maybe bring a friend like CC. Maybe he's going to be coming with me. You going to come with me to the next one? Absolutely. Let's yeah. do this thing, I'll dude. Ex- I'll explain offsides, icing, 
you know, what the what the signals mean from the referee for all the penalties and everything, yeah, I'd be more than happy to to give you any any questions you have. I'm willing to answer them, obviously. All right, so, so. CeCe's actually putting that offer out for everybody. So if you <laughs> actually want to do that, he's charging, you know, 10 bucks a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all you got to do, 10 bucks a game, and he'll take you there and, and tell you everything. So just keep that in mind. CeCe Hockley. CeCe the <laughs> hockey pimp, apparently. There we go, there we go. <laughs> So we're talking about uh, the Steelheads, right? Uh, they're in the ECHL, um, and you kind of discussed how that's, you know, the, the the tier two, like the double A. So it's like if you were comparing it to, to baseball, it's a lower tier than the NHL from the professional level, but it's still considered professional hockey. Uh, can you maybe give us a little more in-depth information on the differences between the ECHL and the NHL as far as, like, however you want to break it down? Sure. What are the differences, good and bad? Yeah, so... For example, you know, the Colorado Avalanche play in the Pepsi Center, and it's, okay. it's got a capacity of mm, 18, 19,000 people. A lot different than 5,000 people. Correct. Okay. So, <laughs> so you're definitely going to have more energy and a lot more tradition, you know. Okay. I mean, well, Steelheads have that tradition, too, because they've been around 20 years. They've won the Kelly Cup, oh, I want to say two times. I know I'm... I'm kind of ashamed of myself that I can't remember that. But it's once, all good. once in 2004 and once in 2007, I believe. And the uh, the the Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup in '96 and 2001. Okay. So you have that legacy, you have that history. Sometimes, well, I mean, you've got the New York Rangers, you've got the Montreal Canadiens. You know, sometimes you go into these environments and it's been bred into the culture for over a hundred years now. Yeah. You know, it's like these teams have been around for, for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. So it's, you know, people have identified with their kids and they've identified with their fathers and sometimes their grandfathers uh-huh. and grandparents and mothers and fathers, not just a, not just a male specific, you know, interest. You right. Know? So, so you have that. And I think Idaho's touching on that a little bit because we've had a club, you know, the longest running semi-pro club in Treasure Valley history, I would say. Right, okay. And so you have that tie to the community, but not nearly as deep as, you know, some of the NHL clubs there, too. And the energy in the arena, obviously, more bodies equals more energy, more noise. It's more of an experience for sure, but you're also going to pay more for that experience as well. Okay. So, like I said, 5,000-seat arena at the CenturyLink, you know, at CenturyLink Arena. There's not a bad seat in the house, so you could sit in a nosebleed, quote-unquote, seat, and it's only the second deck when most – Pro sports stadiums indoors have three decks at least, okay, and they're they're huge, but you know ten bucks, twenty bucks on average for a Steelheads ticket, yeah, you can't beat that. It's an inexpensive way, you know, and they've got their four for forty eight deals, you know, four mm-hmm. tickets for forty eight dollars on Friday nights, and you get a free hot dog and a free Pepsi with it. Seriously, All right. it's like that's a stinking good deal, yeah, and and that's a good way to put to put butts in seats, yep. you know, because. That's a good deal. You get fed, you get a drink, and you get hockey. And you can bring the kids. Like you said, it's like exactly. a family event. It's not like going to an NFL game or something. We're going to talk football for a second. Right. You're going to be spending like 200 bucks a seat. Right. I know from experience yeah, yeah. you can't bring yeah. you've three been, extra you've, people. You've been to Jerry World. You know yeah. You know how that is. Oh, yeah. Sure. It's, you got to pay. You got to pay Jerry. Right. No, I like that. Um, Kind of branching off real quick, I have a question for sure. you. Sure, sure. So you say the seat's in the house, right? Mm-hmm. Steelheads have 5,000. I'm sure the other ECHL teams and, and other lower-tier professional hockey teams have, you know, smaller arenas. Um, how do you compare that to the hockey in college? Because we know the NHL is much bigger than mm-hmm. the college arenas and such. Like you were mentioning, like the, there's not as many people that go to the games in college. Right. But let's talk about the ECHL. 
compared to college rather than the NHL compared to college. Okay. How, what's the speed of the game like in that sense too? Not just the atmosphere. What's sure. the speed of the game with the professional level, the lower professional levels? So with the ECHL, you know, you've got guys that can, can range from anywhere to 18, 19 years old to, you know, early to mid thirties. And they okay. may be winding out their career and they just never broke through to the NHL, but they've been playing, you know, semi-pro hockey for a number of years. Um, you know, so you've got strategy, you've got much more, you've got much more seasoned veterans okay. in the ECHL that know what they're doing. Um, you also have fighting. College hockey does not have fighting. Ah, yeah. Okay. So that's that's kind of a major that's kind of a major thing. You know, it's it's still bruising. There's still some solid body checks in the open ice and up against the boards, but college hockey doesn't have fighting. Let me tell you this. So Boise State has a club hockey team. Right. Okay. So when I went to Boise State versus the Vandals about six years ago, I would say CenturyLink Arena was probably at maybe a fourth capacity. Okay. You know, not very well attended. This past year I went, and it was packed. It was completely full. And when you have such a rivalry like Boise State versus Idaho, especially since the college football rivalry uh-huh. is non-existent at this time, yep. man, there is nothing better. It was so exciting. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. I mean, Boise State, they got blown out by the Vandals, I think, like 8-1 to one six years ago. But it was the other way around this year. Oh, the, okay. the Boise State Broncos had like a six-goal lead going into the third period. And there's three periods in hockey, so it was the last period. And me and my buddy Derek were just like, okay, game's over. Tickets were free. We're out. We got, <laughs> we got, we got to work tonight. We got plans, you know. So, But, man, I mean – when you have a college hockey game in there, you have, like I said about those NHL teams that have been around for hundreds of years, you have those cultural ties. Yes. And since you've got those U of I grads here in Boise and Meridian, Nampa, Caldwell, and you've got those Boise State grads, and they you know, all come to the CenturyLink Arena, they all descend upon the CenturyLink yeah. Arena to watch this epic battle of Boise State versus the Idaho Vandals that we reveled in for years in the college football realm. And now it's transferred over to the hockey realm. You know, it's just like, it, and, and with that full stadium, you know, it's, you don't necessarily have those rivalries with the Steelheads. You know, okay. I mean, you, you had the Alaska Aces. Unfortunately, they folded this past year. You had the Las Vegas Las Vegas Wranglers. They folded. The Colorado Eagles are a fairly new club. The yeah. Utah Grizzlies have been around for a while, so they're definitely our rival. You go to a Steelheads-Grizzlies game, man, they're, they're going to be buttonheads. Right. There's going to be fights. And it's kind of the same thing with the Colorado Eagles, you know, the proximity and everything. But, you know, college hockey, you have these built-in rivalries. Yeah. You have and, – and, any college sport, you have these built-in rivalries, and right. U of I versus Boise State, you know, is definitely one of them. So that's that would that's what I would say is a major difference between ECHL and collegiate hockey. You know, sometimes you just don't have the lineage of a good ECHL club that will, you know, be intriguing of a matchup yeah. for the for the opponent. You know, you got to be invested into it. And I think right. Boise State versus U of I, they play one game a year at CenturyLink Arena, and it's a barn burner. I tell you. It's really evolved in the past six years. Okay. It's great. Great experience. I need to watch one of those. I, I, I definitely need to see one gotta of those. Got to take you to one of those, too. Okay. Got to take you to that game, and then I'm going to take you to the Steelheads game, too. Okay. At least at least one. <laughs> All right. Let's do it, man. I like that. At, in regards to college hockey, I just want to see like pick your brain real quick. Sure. Uh, Boy State's a club team. How many um, colleges actually – have NCAA sponsored hockey teams like it's a part of their like it's a scholarship varsity program right 
do you know by chance like the like what schools like the amount i would say the further east you go the more clubs well the more the less often clubs are are you know you have to do club hockey instead of you know an actual sport you know ncaa sponsored I right say. okay so for example um every year Boston, like the Boston teams, uh-huh. you've got Boston College, Boston University. You also have Northeastern, and you also have a fourth team that I'm completely brain farting right now and can't remember. That's in the Boston area. Yeah, Union, Union okay. College. I yeah, I know that. you would have never guessed that Union College. So you have this tournament, this little mini tournament in the middle of the year called the Bean Pot. Okay. Yeah, and they play. <laughs> they play for a friggin' Bean Pot. It's wonderful. You know, it's just like the milk jug and everything like yeah. that here. You know, it's you get these little rivalries. And right. so you've got that out east, and that's like they play at the TD Garden. Like that's how big of a deal it is. And they fill every seat in the house, you know. Okay. Yeah, like where the Boston Bruins play, the TD Garden, you know. Yeah. And so I would say the further east you go, the more likely it is that a hockey, a hockey team in NCAA is sponsored through the NCAA. You know, okay. like I mentioned, Michigan, Michigan State. I mean, even Denver. Denver University is a big, big hockey club. Colorado College has kind of fallen off the map in regards to a perennial contender, but they're still around. They're still NCAA sponsored. Okay. I would just say the further east you go, I'm sure there's clubs in California and everything like that, but the further east you go, the more likely it is an NCAA club is NCAA sponsored. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. Just wondering, some of those, like, even our, uh, like, the baseball program, finally now is going to be a a varsity sport over it at – Boise State where they're going to have you know get a scholarship Mm -hmm. to go play stuff like that my boxing team when I boxed at Boise State we were a club team right there was only like 27 schools in the NCAA that were actually sponsored by the NCAA we had to pay everything else so oh yeah that's why I was just wondering with with hockey it's gaining more and more popularity so that's why I was just wondering if uh if we're getting more schools that are adding that to one of their programs sure that's totally valid question um so NHL talk real quick yeah I want you to break it down for us and let us know of what's going on in the NHL right now. Well, so, again, like I mentioned in the article I wrote, the NHL and the NBA seasons parallel each other almost right. almost to the day, which is it's kind of freaky how much they're tied together. Uh-huh. Um, like, I, like I said, Gary Bettman was the vice president of operations for the NBA and went over to the NHL to take over as commissioner in 93. Definitely so, interesting. Definitely interesting. Yes. Some definite, definite conspiracy theories coming out of that. But – I digress. So so you've got the NHL season wrapped up. Game six was the final game of the Stanley Cup final between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Nashville Predators. Penguins won it 2-0. to zero. Second Stanley Cup in a row. That hasn't happened since the late 90s when the Detroit Red Wings did it two times in a row. And it was the first time someone's repeated in the salary cap era for okay. the NHL. So, so that's an interesting little factoid. Um, the NHL awards ceremony was June 21st. On Wednesday, okay, and um, a young buck by the name of Connor McDavid. You know, he's in his early twenties. I think second season in the league, and he won the MVP award. Uh. He just blew up, and he was against Sidney Crosby, which is you know a name. You yeah. know, Penguins. He's been around for a minute. Solid stud of a player. Even I know him. Even you know him. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, kind of the new blood coming in. Right. Kind of the new blood coming in, and and you know, kind of. Changing of the guard. Changing of the guard, sort. I mean, Sidney Crosby. Obviously, they won two Stanley Cups in a row, so Sidney Crosby's nothing to shake a stick at. But what also occurred last or uh, Wednesday night uh, was the expansion draft for the new NHL team, the Vegas Golden Knights. They're going to yes, be the thirty first, thirty first team in the NHL. 
They're going to play in the Pacific Division with teams like the Anaheim Ducks, the Los Angeles Kings, Vancouver Canucks. So the Vegas Golden Knights had they had an interesting expansion process. Okay. And it hasn't happened in the NHL for 17 years when the Columbus Blue Jackets came into the league um, with the Minnesota Wild. So the Minnesota Wild and Columbus Blue Jackets had an expansion draft in 2000. Okay. So 17 years later, Vegas goes through the same process, but they got to pick one player from every NHL team, one player from 30 of the NHL teams, yet they still had to adhere to the salary cap, so they couldn't just go buck wild. Right. So here's what the other 30 teams had to do to protect their players. They could only protect seven forwards. You have your right wing and your left wing, uh-huh. so that's that's a forward. You have you could protect three defensive men and one goaltender from this expansion draft, or you could just protect eight skaters, forwards, or defensive men and one goaltender. So you could do either or. Interesting. Yeah. So there's strat- there was strategy in the offseason for certain teams. My favorite team, the Colorado Avalanche, they had an up-and-coming goaltender by the name of Calvin Pickard, okay. who was threatening um, Simon, I always mispronounce his name, he's a Russian guy, uh, Varlamov. Okay. Semyon Var- Varlamov. Say that ten times fast. No, I haven't tried once. <laughs> so Varlamov um, was injured. He was put on the shelf, put on IR. This was kind of a tanking season for the Avalanche, unfortunately. But Pickard's kind of an up-and-coming goalie, so the Avs were produced with this conundrum, do we protect Pickard or do we protect Varlamov? They ended up protecting Varlamov, so they exposed Pickard to potentially be picked by the Vegas Golden Knights. And who did they pick in the first pick of the draft? Because the worst team in the NHL with the worst regular season record got, you know, was chosen first by the Vegas Golden Knights, Okay, Calvin Pickard is really? now the Vegas Golden Knights' backup goalie. I'll get to that here in a second. But, yeah, so Las Vegas got to pick one player from each of the 30 teams, and they were trading draft picks. They were trading players. It was a really fascinating scenario, especially with the draft coming up, the NHL draft. And they had to pick 14 forwards, the Vegas Golden Knights did, 14 forwards, nine defensive men, and three goaltenders. Wow, okay. Normally, NHL teams only have two goaltenders. You know, they have their, their starter and their backup, and they dress them that way every game. They just have two goaltenders dressed. So right. I found it a little intriguing that they drafted three, but maybe one to send down to their, their AHL club, okay. the, the the next tier down, the, the AAA, which is the Chicago Wolves. Okay. So, yeah, so they had to select a minimum of 20 players who were under contract for the 2017-2018 season, and like I said, they had to reach the salary floor. Right. You know, the minimum salary they had to spend as a club but they also had to go in between that and the salary cap. Okay. So there was a lot of strategy that, you know, Bill Foley, the the owner of the Golden Knights, had to, you know, kind of parlay to the general manager. And, man. yeah, there was a lot that went into it. It's exciting times in the NHL, man. You got this new club, and they have a pretty decent roster. And, yeah, it's just exciting to have a club in a non-traditional hockey market like Vegas without having to pluck one from Canada like the NHL did in the 90s a couple times from Quebec and Winnipeg, moving them to Colorado and Phoenix, respectively. Right. So so it's good to grow the game, but not at ex- expense of the, the mother country, if you will. Right. So, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So just real quick, um, in the history, you meant, was it the Minnesota Wild, you said? Minnesota that, Wild, correct. That they were an yeah. expansion team Yes. back so, in the day. Uh, in 2000, yeah, 17 years ago. That wow. was, I guess, that's back in the day for us. My goodness, <laughs> how did they do their first year? I think they did pretty respectable. I think both them and the Columbus Blue Jackets failed to make the playoffs. If they did, 
Oh, they probably didn't get past the first round because, you know, you're, okay. you're building a team from scratch and it's chemistry and things like that. Minnesota actually had a hockey team called the Minnesota North Stars from 1976 until, I want to say, 1993. Okay. And then the club moved to Dallas to become the Dallas Stars. Okay. So that left Minnesota, the state of hockey, is like is that's their nickname, is the state of hockey. Okay. They, it left Minnesota without a professional franchise for seven years. And so that obviously had to be rectified. The Minnesota Wild came into play, and and they've been a decent team since then. Same with the Columbus Blue Jackets. They okay. both kind of carved out their niches and become successful clubs in an overall sense. Cool. So I just wonder how it compared. I know the Houston Texans in football, when they went through their expansion draft oh, back yeah. when they came in, uh-huh. David Carr and all that, he was yeah. first pick out of Fresno. Mm-hmm. Um, they were awful. So yes. I'm just wondering if it, it was if it's similar. But I, you said they have a good roster. It's really interesting. So I'm actually going to be paying a lot of attention to to this next season. Do they start next year, right? Yep. Still, yeah. It's, yeah, regular season's 2017, God. 2018. And uh, just to kind of touch on the roster real quick once uh-huh. again, there's two players I want to bring up. because Who are they? So – there is the alternate captain from the Nashville Predators. His name is James Neal. And okay. James, they didn't, the Nashville Predators, it was kind of a controversial thing. They didn't protect him. Nashville was the Western Conference champion this year. They played the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Stanley Cup final, to reiterate. So James Neal, alternate captain. You get one captain with the C on his jersey. Right. And then you get two alternate captains with the A's on their jerseys. And whenever the captain's not on the ice to talk to the referee about calls and things like that, the alternates do that. So James Neal was a big deal in Nashville. Uh, okay. So he he scored six goals and had three assists in the Stanley Cup final. The next guy up had nine goals, okay. which is Philip Forsberg. So, you know, James Neal, big piece of the Predators. Yes. He was an alternate captain for three years. He He got picked by the Vegas Golden Knights All right. in the expansion draft. So he is going to be a, a good key leader of that team. I think he's 29 years old, so he's not too far past his prime. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's going to be he's gonna be one of the players that's going to stick around. But um, Barry Melrose mentioned on ESPN that, you know, don't get, don't get married to any of these names that got drafted because there's people already started to get traded and things like that. But okay. James Neal's one of them that's going to stick around. The other one is Marc-Andre Fleury, who was the backup goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, like I said, you can only protect one goaltender. The Pittsburgh Penguins' starting goaltender is Matt Murray. Matt Murray is 23 years old. He's already won two Stanley Cups. Okay. The guy is a beast. In hockey, the terminology for a goaltender when he's on fire is the guy is standing on his head. Okay. The man can stand on his head a lot. <laughs> so, nice. All right. So Marc-Andre Fleury, he won a cup with – Pittsburgh as the starting goaltender in 2009. He was the backup last year and this year. He played the first round, the second round, and half of the third round this year because Matt Murray got injured. Yeah. And like Matt Murray often does, Marc-Andre Fleury stood on his head. He was a solid backup. He went 9-6, and which is really respectable. I mean, once he started losing games, Matt Murray came back from injury. Um, His save percentage was 92%, which is great in the playoffs. You know, he's got ice in his veins. He's great under pressure. He had the experience. So Marc-Andre Fleury was a big reason that Pittsburgh won the Stanley Cup this year. Because if they had had just an average, mediocre backup goaltender, wouldn't have worked out. 
it, it just I don't think it would have worked. I mean, you got Sidney Crosby, you've got Evgeny Mulkin, and you've got all the key players on offense, but you need to have a good good goaltender between the pipes. Right. And so Mark Andre Fleury, you know. He did the Pittsburgh Penguins a solid. After they won the Stanley Cup, he waived his no-movement clause in his contract so that they could protect Matt Murray, and they didn't want to put – he didn't want to put Pittsburgh in a in a compromising situation to where they could not protect their goaltender of the future. Marc-Andre Fleury is 32 years old. Okay. He, he's got a good grasp and good enough self-awareness to say, hey, I'm on the home stretch. Matt Murray's the guy for the future. I had fun in Pittsburgh. He played there for 14 seasons. Dang. And now it's time for him to move on to Las Vegas. And he was all smiles when he got picked. He knew. He knew that they were going to pick him. And he's going to be their starting goaltender coming out of the gate. And, you know, it's it's a coup. It's a great goaltender pickup for Vegas because you have a team like Pittsburgh. They're like, well, we can't protect both. What are we going to do? And Marc-Andre Fleury had the guts enough to say, hey, Pittsburgh has treated me well. I've been here 14 years. I'm going to waive my no movement clause. I'm going to we're going to amicably move on and now he's going to be the starting goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights, which is not bad for them at all. Nice, yeah. man. So, CC is spitting info for us today, man. I like this. <laughs> so, Tell us, CC, what uh, what can we get excited about as Idaho-based sports fans about hockey? Like what what, what can we what can we be excited about? We're talking about NHL. We're talking about sure. Vegas. What, what's exciting? What's in it for us? Well, to backtrack a little bit, I mean, you've got the Steelheads. Steelheads have 36, 36 home games a year. Um, great connection to the community, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So with Vegas being so close to Boise, mm-hmm. you've got flights to Vegas, round-trip flights, for around 100 to 200 bucks. you know, which is right. pretty inexpensive to go down to Vegas. Uh, a lot of people are going to go down there and partake in probably some betting, probably some gambling. Um, but if you want to see an NHL hockey game, um, up to this point, the closest destinations were either Denver, where the tickets are 200 to $300 for a round trip, or you could go to L.A., which the tickets are 225 to $350. L.A.'s 845 miles, 13-and-a-half-hour drive. Denver, 820 miles, 12-hour drive. Vegas is only 625 miles away. Right. It's a nine-and-a-half-hour drive, which is, you know, it's a good chunk off that. And... You know, the average median ticket price for an NHL game is anywhere between 131 and 283. Okay. So, you know, give or take some money here and there, you know, it could it could be somewhere even between 70 and 100. Just depends on the year, right. depends on the club, etc. So, you know, your Chicago, your New York Rangers, your Pittsburgh Penguins, your Montreal Canadiens, your Toronto Maple Leafs, the tickets are going to be expensive. Sure. Vegas tickets are probably not going to be that expensive. I mean, they might because it's a you know it's a new thing, right. it's a novel thing. You know, they were they want to make money off of it. But you know, tickets up in the nosebleed section, you know, maybe after a year or two, they might they might go down in price. So, Boise to Vegas, hundred two hundred bucks for a round trip tip, round trip ticket, and then seventy to hundred bucks for you know uh, a hockey game, an NHL hockey game ticket. You know, if you got some extra money to burn, extra money to spend, and you want to go check out an NHL game and you live in the Treasure Valley, you can shoot down to Vegas and you can do that. You know, it's it's totally, it's more doable and less expensive than going to LA or Denver for a hockey game. And, you know, if you catch Vegas playing, you know, the Rangers or the Penguins or any top tier NHL team, even if they're playing, you know, kind of a more bottom rung team like, you know, Calgary Flames, it's still worth it. You're still going to go yeah. see an NHL game. It's going to be fast. It's going to be furious. It's going to be 
it's going to be physical. It's yeah. going to be it's going to be a good experience. Yeah. So, so it, yeah. as long as you have self control and you don't go and spend <laughs> money on some other stuff and this is get correct. too wild, this is correct. It could be a pretty inexpensive trip to see professional hockey. Is what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, being Boise based people who aren't readily you know, pro sports aren't readily available to us. You right. know, go to Seattle or Denver for the NFL. You know, same thing with, you know, the NBA in Denver or L.A., you know. And, yeah, it's just – it's a, a less expensive way for, you know, the casual – well, not the casual, the pro sports fan to go and partake of something that they wouldn't normally be able to do. Heck, yeah, man. So yeah. is the offer still up if I want to go to a, a Vegas game? <laughs> Are you going with me? You, you got it, man. <laughs> I, it's, the funding. Hesitation. F- there was hesitation. The issue is funding for me. Go fund you know, me, man. Yeah. Go, go fund, go me, fund me. We'll do one together. CC and Shane going That's to Vegas. Exactly. You know, support the cause. Exactly. <laughs> we promise it won't go towards anything but the game and the travel. Correct. Okay. And maybe some food. Food's fine. Yeah. Food is yeah. fine. We, we got need it. some hot dogs. Help us out. Mm-hmm. All right, CC. Now, before we wrap it up, I want you to tell the listeners what we can expect from you. Going forward with the Game Time Guru. So, once again, I thank you for letting me participate in this podcast. Oh, absolutely. And, and for, for being able to write that article about the the dilemma that hockey has in the United States in certain patches and certain pockets of the, of the nation. What I'm planning on doing, and this segues quite nicely with the Vegas Golden Knights and what we talked about with trips and things like that, I am writing an article about how Las Vegas is becoming – it's not taboo to have a, sport, a pro sports franchise in Vegas anymore. NHL broached the market. They're going to start their next season. The Raiders, the Oakland Raiders, are moving to right. Vegas. They have purchased the land. They've got the blueprints and everything set up. The Raiders are going there. So you've got two of the major four sports pro, pro leagues right. that have franchises that are or are going to be in Vegas. So the stigma, obviously, with sports betting and gambling, that kind of kept pro sports teams away for a while. Mm-hmm. So my next article is going to be like, okay, what what changed? You know, why did the NHL broach the market? Why did the NFL follow suit? What's the NBA going to do? You know, is Adam Silver okay with this? Uh, Bob Manfred, the commissioner of the Ma- of Major League Baseball, he even came out and said, you know, there is no more stigma. You know. Right. He he said there's no more stigma to worry about. So relocating a franchise like Tampa Bay, who Tropicana Field is a terrible baseball stadium, you know, for the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, Oakland Athletics, you know, their future's kind of up in the yep. air too if they don't get a new stadium deal. So those are two potential relocation options that could take a team to Las Vegas um, in regards to Major League Baseball. They have a, a AAA team in, in Las Vegas, so the next next step up is you know Major League Baseball. So, so I'm going to be delving into that. I also want to do nice. an article. I'm going to be doing an article about the new Boise Hawks stadium that's going to go cool. on the old St. Luke's property off of Americana. They are trying, the owners of the Boise Hawks are trying to get a USL soccer club to come to Boise. That's the, that's the AAA of Major League Soccer. Right. You got Major League Soccer and then you got the USL. Boise is trying to get a soccer club. They held the, the soccer friendly between Atletico Bilbao and Tijuana. Mm-hmm. It drew over 20,000 people to Bronco Stadium. Absolutely. They had a USL match between Portland Timbers 2. The, the Portland Timbers, you know, the next team down. Yes. And then 
oh, I forget their opponent, but um, it's it's the next league. It's the next team down from Sporting Kansas City. So I'm forgetting right. the name off the top of my head. I can't either, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> right, right. So that game was held at Mountain View High School, and yep. that drew 4,500 people. And they had to turn people away. It was a huge success, and the USL took notice. So the pending franchise, you know, Boise Sports, getting another semi-pro franchise, kind of putting Boise on the map. You know, soccer's kind of one of those underliers like hockey, you know, not one of the big four quote-unquote right. leagues. You know, it's exciting times here in Boise, you know, you can fly to Vegas and catch an NHL game. And we may have a third semi-pro team coming to Boise once we get that new stadium built downtown. It's exciting. You know, nice. it's a it's a good time to be a sports fan in Boise, in the Treasure Valley, for sure. Heck yeah, man. If you guys haven't uh, checked it out already, uh, CC does amazing work, especially with his articles. So go check his articles out when they start publishing them. The first one that he's been referencing, if you haven't checked it out already, look at it it's great he's a great writer um, i'm happy to have him with us on the team uh to produce content and then look forward to these articles these are going to be great um he's a great writer like i said and cc i appreciate you coming onto the show with me today letting me come to you and and talk with you today uh, i hope we can do more of these in the future absolutely thanks for having me and i yeah i look forward to doing this and, and talking sports with you hockey and beyond in the future uh, heck yeah for the listeners out there, I appreciate you guys tuning in today. Uh, this is the Game Time Guru. We'll talk to you next week.